Okay, guys, let us stand, shall we? Let's just lift our hands here and say, Father, I just want to thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for these two thank days Jesus so far, Lord. Thank you for that provocation to us, Lord. I just want to thank you for Kokaido. I just want to thank you for thank the gift you, that Jesus. He is, uh, to your church, Lord. Thank and you. Holy Spirit, we just ask now, empower him. Lord, Jesus. Lord, uh, every word that would come out of his mouth, Lord, that it would just cut to our hearts, Lord, it would stir us, Amen. it would equip us, Amen. Uh, Lord God, that we would leave this place, Lord, Amen. changed when we came in, we pray. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Paul, thank you. Well, good, uh, good afternoon, and I uh, hope you all, did you all uh, enjoy your lunch? Yeah? Where did, where did you all go for lunch? Did anyone go to that little tiny cafe on the side of the street near the church? That's fantastic, anyway. They opened four days ago. And um, just, to, just to start the talk off, really, to speak about how we can be generous with our attitude, not just with our money, but with our attitude. So, um, so we were in there for breakfast, myself and Sherrod. He's actually a traitor. He's gone to one of the other seminars. No, I'm just joking. No, so I came down with uh, Sherrod. He's one of the elders at our church as well. We're having a great time with you guys. And uh, we went for breakfast this morning, a little tiny cafe on the corner of where the church is and had a lovely um, breakfast. And uh, we both left there and I just, I just turned to Sherrod and I said, do you know what, there's something new about that place. And I don't know, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know where it came from. So we went back, to, back for lunch and it turned out that the lady started the business four days ago. And she was actually already just nervous about having a business. She was there with her husband, beautiful little place. And uh, I said... I said, you know, I just feel there's a newness in this place. And she said, you know, I just started this business four days ago. And I just said this, I just said, I want you to know it's fantastic. I said, I want you to know that the display is brilliant. I want you to know that the coffee tastes great. And I want you to know that you're just doing an amazing job. And as I did that, this is just the natural stuff that we do every day. She began to well up. And she said this, she said, you're making me feel emotional. And she wandered off into the kitchen, came back out, and she said, thank you, because this is a nervous first step for us. Just given up my job. Husband's there, you know, child in the back. And, um, and we, just, we just feel that this is a big step for us. And we were able to just right there and then say, you know, we really believe as Christians that God just wants to bless your business. And do you see how easy that is? It's just everyday life, just by having what I would class as a generous attitude. There's nothing special about that. I didn't do anything there that you couldn't do. It's just having a generous attitude with our time, with our resource, with our money, and most importantly, with our words. Today, I want to speak to you about gospel proclamation. The team asked me to speak about gospel proclamation. But before I do that, let me just introduce myself. My name is Clyde. And uh, married to Rebecca, happily married, I should say, to Rebecca. She is my first and only wife. She's fantastic. And uh, we still date. We still do fun stuff. She's, she's tremendous. Uh, she was gutted, actually, that she couldn't be with us. Um, but we have a women's conference next week. So she's preparing and doing all the stuff that you guys are doing in, in hosting this. And, you know, the, the work that goes into it is massive. And um, so she sends her apologies, but also sends her love to the Relational Mission family. And you know, I count it such a blessing to be with 
your family. And I call you family because that's what you are. Uh, We're the family of God together, but you guys are a family together as well. And I've had the privilege of getting to know Mike Betts and uh, some of the, some of his team, Morris and uh, others as well. And uh, just, just some amazing people. And I just want to say, say this, and I believe this is from the heart of God for you. God is stirring up a new day. And we've heard that so many times, but even as I was coming down, we were chatting in the car, and I just thought, this, Lord, this is a new day. Something new is happening. Something exciting is about to break out in our nation. Can anyone agree with me on this? I mean, it's okay. You can respond. I'm a Pentecostal, so you can respond. You can, you can give it a bit back. You can preach at me if you want. I'm okay with that. But you know, the truth is, it's a new day. And you know what I love about what's going on with you guys? I love what Jesus is doing through you. I love what he's doing in you, and I love what he's doing through you. I love we partnered with the Enough Initiative. I love how Jesus has led you guys to this amazing initiative called Enough. I just love how he's done that. I love the fact that Jesus is so precious to you guys that you're listening to his voice. You know, obedience is so key to everything in the Christian life, but especially gospel proclamation. And um, I love how, don't you just love how God is doing so many miracles? I mean, the stories that are coming out in the wonders room. I mean, the stories that you guys are seeing are amazing. They're testament to the fact that Jesus is really working amongst you. And I want to encourage you, take heart. Take heart. Yes, there's always more we'd love to do. But encourage yourself today in the Lord because Jesus is doing incredible things amongst you. I love your commitment to prayer. And I love most of all the way you give all the glory to God. Every, ever since we were here last night, everything has been focused on Him getting the glory. There's been no kind of showmanship. There's been no kind of look at me. It's just been humble humility and hunger before the Lord. In 2013, when our church broke out in a huge outpouring, there were two things that characterized it, hunger and humility. We were hungry for a move of God, and we tried to steward it with humility. And when God came, my goodness, he came. And I mean, when when the weight of God's glory falls in your midst, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you just want to be there every second of every day. And, you know, you said, how how on earth did you keep going? Like from 9 a.m. in the morning when we opened the doors of the church until sometimes midnight or even 1 in the morning, people were, were just flocking from everywhere. And, you know, literally, you talk about salvation. It wasn't just in the meetings. It was in the car park. It was on the gates when people were driving their cars in. There were families in the in the town where we live who were visiting the church and saying, we were in our house last night and the presence of God fell in our living room. We've never experienced anything like it, but we, we bowed the knee to Jesus. They were saying that. They'd never even heard the gospel. You explain that. I can't even explain that. I'm an evangelist. And then they were coming to the church. But God was doing something in the community. And uh, this is why it's so ex- exciting what is going on for you guys. So I want to ask you a key question as we launch into this material. And this question, sorry about the laptop problem, that the church laptop screen is not working. My Mac's working, but the, but the screen here is, is not connecting with it for some reason. Um, so forgive me for that, but it was only points anyway. So I want to ask you this question. How do we balance gospel proclamation and gospel 
demonstration. How do we balance gospel presentation or demonstration with gospel proclamation? It's a great question. And actually, we've probably all in some way engaged with this question in our lives. Probably all of us have asked ourselves, is it okay to just show goodness and generosity and be people of love, or do we need to do the other bit, which is actually get to the real deal word and message of the gospel? And and the other question is, are there some people who are kind of better or more equipped for the kind of uh, get to the real heart of, let's bring people to that point of decision and bring them into a born-again experience. Are there people who are better at that than other people? And are there some people who are kind of better at just showing the love of God and the grace of God to people and others who are better at the word side? And often, if we're honest, I'm quite good at the word side, so I find it easier to kind of just bring someone to a point of decision, but maybe a little bit harder to engage with people over the long term in kind of like that relational works way in terms of... So you can see all of us are at different sides of the coin, aren't we? And wherever you are today, I want to encourage you, and I want to, I want, I'm hoping that you're going to leave here with a flame on your head. That's my prayer. With a flame on your head, and you're going to be like, do you know what, I can do this proclamation thing, and I can do it well for the glory of God. Because the truth is, the most important thing to know is that you're you, and I'm me. And that's how God wants it to be. And as long as you commit to be in yourself, I guarantee you this, you can do both things really well. Let me first say this, gospel demonstration is about serving others in the name of Christ. Ed Stetzer, who many of you will have heard of, calls this living out the implications of the gospel. So he says, gospel demonstration is living out the implications of the gospel. Now, you all know this, you're all leaders, but the gospel has implications for the way we live, doesn't it? You know, in, in a church, like in our setting, and I'm going to refer to our setting a bit, and, but you've got your own context. In our church, we've got a lot of baby Christians, right? Our problem, I was on, on my knees in your worship session this morning, and this is what happened, it was amazing. I was like, because we've been having some uh, some challenges um, financially in the church, not huge challenges, but, you know, just, um, we've got so many baby Christians, and we've got so many people who have come from, like, negative backgrounds, drugs or alcohol, it's like, we've got, we got to somehow just keep trusting God for the provision, because it's not going to come in any other way. And that's the bottom line. Like, we live literally, like, on the brink. Half of my life is spent in just, Lord, how are you going to come through on this? Yeah? But through the way, God has brought people along to get alongside who have got a heart for the mission to, to obviously bring that resource. And that's exciting. And it's invigorating. And I was on my knees today in the worship session. And uh, I was like, Lord, you know, when uh, I, I think it was um, Steph, was it, who said, it's time to ask God. And I was like, yes, Lord, it's time to ask you. And I knew straight away what I needed to ask God for. I was like, yeah, Lord, like back home, like, yeah, we, we need some resource. Like, so I was like, Lord, please, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Please. 
would you send some resource? Sat down, finished the prayer. Guy was preaching, going great. And I shouldn't have done this, but I'll tell you I did it anyway. I flicked onto my email. And on my email, someone had just deposited some money into the church bank account. Now you can say that's coincidence, but what I believe that is, I believe it's God incidence. I believe that when we are on a mission and we're serious about what God is serious about and we take the heart of the gospel really seriously, I believe God will provide every one of our needs and he'll do it in so many different ways. Sometimes he'll drop things out of the sky like manna. Sometimes he'll bring someone along to resource it in our church and sometimes, magically, it will appear in the bank account. I don't care how he does it as long as we can keep going on mission. Can anyone say amen to that? Yeah, come on. I'm excited today. You can hear my excitement. I'm excited to be with you all. But gospel demonstration means that we have to live out the implications of the gospel. It's about demonstrating the change in our lives in everyday practical ways. All of us can do that, right? I mean, if there's been a change in our lives, then hopefully we demonstrate it practically. One of the biggest ways that I'm learning to do this, and I encourage you to do it, and I just do it all the time now, not because I'm rich, because I'm not, I'm actually quite skint, but I actually just have got into the practice of being generous. Just get into the practice of being generous. And you know, it's been amazing to see what God has done and how he has opened doors just by being generous. The other day we were out with um, some of the young adults from our church, and um I said to them, because I'm trying to invest in some of the young adults, just intentionally. So I, I, I emailed them all and I said, look guys, I know you have young adults on a Tuesday night. Would you be interested in going out for a meal? And they all emailed me back. They said, yeah, who's paying? The first question a young adult asks, right? So I was like, well, yeah, it's cool. We're paying. It's on the church. We want to bless you. And uh, so I said, you choose where you want to go. So of course they chose the most expensive restaurant, because that's what you do, right? If someone, you know. So, so we ended up in this lovely restaurant restaurant and um, and I said look guys I really want this to to be a, a really meaningful time together so I just want you to pray and what I want you to do I want you to bring the best thing you can bring in terms of like a blessing for the for the waitress or the waiter that you can think of bringing in terms of a gift because we want to give her a massive tip because I want to show you how powerful generosity is I want to show you how how real it is and how easy it is to be generous and how it opens a door for the proclamation of the gospel. Now, I know you've probably done this a hundred times. You've probably heard this time and time again before, but it's very easy to get out of the habit of doing it. And it's not what we know, it's what we do. Because there's a lost and dying world out there that needs doers, that needs people who are so passionately in love with this Jesus that they're driven to do something for him. And um, so we went in there, and I was out with the young adults, and I was blown away, because at the end of the meal, I said, right, who's going who's gonna to talk to this girl and, uh, and give her this tip? So like one of them volunteered, and there was like just this wad of money. And I was like, come on, this is exciting. Like, this girl is going to be blown away. And uh, anyway, so, so one of them said, look, we just wanted you to know we're so grateful that you've served us tonight. And we know that it's, it's not easy working in a place like this. You've been run off your feet. But we're Christians and we want you to be blessed. And she handed this note over. And I, uh, this is, God is my witness. 
this girl began to well up with tears. And this is what she said. She said, I cannot take that amount of money off someone. So this young girl that was handing her the money and said, you're not taking it off us. We're investing it in you. Because God loves you. And he has a purpose for you. And then this is the next thing that came out of the waitress's mouth. She said, you know, I'm leaving this job in three days' time because I can't afford to pay my bills. And I've been, asked, I've been trying to get another job and it was just today that I found a job. And she was moving into another job on the Friday. But can you see how God just intervened in her world just through simple act of generosity? So gospel demonstration is very, very important. But gospel proclamation is the art of proclaiming the gospel clearly. So people then hear the truth about Christ, they hear that they need salvation through him, and they find him as their saviour. They are given a definite and intentional opportunity to respond to him with faith through grace. Amen? And I don't know about you, but like because of the way that I came to Christ, I was in prison uh, 13 years ago, I was in Dorchester prison, and I was just me in a prison cell on drugs and in a mess and looking out of a cell window to a world that offered me no hope, Christ found me in that prison cell. And that's how I got saved. I came to a definite moment in my life where I needed to make a change. I needed to move forward. Also, I honestly think, like so many of my other friends, I'd be in a ground in a box right now. But somehow, through the grace of God, and through his generosity and his love, somehow he reached down to a prison cell and convicted me of my sin. But there was a definite moment, a day. There's a day and a date that I can recall in August 2020, uh, 2003, when I made that conscious, intentional decision for Jesus Christ. And you know, there are millions, billions of people out there who have never been offered that opportunity by anyone. They have never, never even had the chance to say no. They've never even had the chance to get offended because they've never even heard the ABC of the gospel. They've never heard the simple truth of the gospel. And yeah, we could rely on the Holy Spirit to do it. In fact, he could do it. But isn't it beautiful that Jesus chooses to use you and me in this way. Isn't it beautiful that Jesus doesn't just save us and then leave us on a shelf and say, do you know what, just just hang around until I come. Isn't it beautiful that he invites us to co-labor with him. You see, you're not just on mission for God, you're on mission with God. And there's a big difference. When we're on mission for God, everything's hard and laborious because we've got to earn some sort of reputation with God as being the best at what we do. Because we're on mission for him. And if we don't please him, then he's not going to be happy with us. But the beautiful thing about the gospel is you're not on mission for God, you're on mission with God. And he's already happy with you. He's already declared over you that you are his beloved son or daughter. And in you he is well pleased. Isn't it amazing uh, when Jesus was baptised... I don't know whether you've ever read this. Well, you've read it, obviously. But I don't know whether you've ever read it like this. Before he did any miracles, before he did any miracles at all, before he did anything... In fact, other than just live a great life, God spoke from the sky and said, you're my beloved son. 
in whom I am well pleased. We don't proclaim the gospel to earn favour with God. We proclaim the gospel because we have favour with God and we want everyone else to experience it as well because his grace is so so infectious. Taste of it, you never, ever, ever think is not everyone day like that have we I mean people even in our to me but never had a day like that church or that day and there is all blame they love Jesus and or not, like I want to say to you, millions of people need a day like that, and you're the person bringing them into a day like that through the power of Christ within you. So, gospel proclamation. A few, few weeks ago, I was around one guy called Mark. He's a great guy to our church. He stands on the door with tattoos all over him. Uh, his wife is banned from every pub. She's uh, she's around, but when I first went to the church, she was on the door with her, well, her boyfriend. Found out that she used her. She was, you know, she was. Uh, the sort of girl that temper on her that she would just flip like that and Mark and Jody they first came to our church through him running he was uh, he likes his weights and he used to run past the church and as he was running past the church one day he just felt I should investigate what's in there so when he got back home he went on YouTube like you do because everyone goes on YouTube now right and he went on YouTube and he typed in Victory Church Bran. And what popped up was a picture of the church being refurbished. And there was a little video clip of it being refurbished. And the guy who was presenting the video saying about the refurbishment was saying on there, look, we're, we're, we're building a church here. And if anyone wants to get involved, then come up. Now, if you'd have said to Mark, come to church and find Jesus, he'd have been like, no way, not interested. I'm a gym guy. Like, there's no way. I've got tattoos all over me. But ask him to get involved in a project? Wow, that flicked his switch. So we went home, and he said to his then girlfriend, who they were living with, they've got three kids, everything's messed up, they've got no money, they're in debt, they're right mess. You get the picture. And he said to her, I've, I've, I've been uh, running past this church called Victory Church, and uh, I just think we should, we should pop in. And she's, do you know what she said? It's really crazy, this is. But she said, you know, it's funny you should say that. Because I've been feeling that we should go to church as well. So they were like, okay, let's go. Well, so they went on the Sunday. They came in, and they sat there at the back of the hall, completely just hard-faced, stone-faced. You know, you know what it's like, first walk into church. And then that moment came. They'd heard the sermon, they'd been through the worship. Hour and a half they'd been in the building, stone-faced. And that moment came where they said, if you're in here, and you don't know Jesus, then we want to make it really, really simple for you. 
2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away, Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died on a cross for you. And even if you haven't understood anything else we've said today, it doesn't change the fact that you're loved enough by God for Jesus to come and hang on a cross for you. And if I'm speaking into to hundreds of lives right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And maybe you can sense him knocking on the door of your heart. You get the picture. We're going to count to three. And if you can feel that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, and you, knew, you know you need to change your life, you need to repent of sin, you need God's forgiveness, then I want you to raise your hand. Got to three. Mark and Jody's hands at the back of the church went up in the air like that. And you know what they said? From that moment, it wasn't that everything was perfect, but they knew something was different. They've been discipled, they're now the new people's pastors in our church. Phenomenal couple, on fire for God. I mean, they make me look tame, like they're, 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 just, they're just burning for God. I mean, they want to they do this crazy thing in the summer. They came to me, they said, can we cancel our Sunday service for six weeks in the summer? I said, why on earth would we want to cancel the one time when everyone comes to church through the summer um, for, for, on the Sunday, when every, all the kids are off school? And they said, because we've got to take the church to the community, can we put a tent up and can we do what we do on a Sunday in the park because that's where all the people are? I was like, you lot of geniuses. <laughs> I said, but let's do it two hours after and then we can do both. But you can see the raw passion and the raw fire because they were encountered with the proclamation of the gospel. So I was around this Mark's house, that's Mark and Jody, and um, stories are okay, right? You okay with a few stories? And um, Jody's got a sister called Steph. Steph's an amazing woman, and I've known Steph for about two or three years, um, but she's always kind of been on the fringe. So her sisters had this radical conversion, their lives are flying, but she's always been on the fringe. You know what I mean by that? I'm sure you've got them people who are on the fringe. They kind of pop in, pop out. And um, Steph is a lesbian, or confesses to be a lesbian. So, so she comes into church sometimes with her partner, which obviously is a bit of a challenge because, well... Jesus obviously speaks very clearly in his word about living pure lives and holy lives. So what do we do? Do we point the finger or do we love her like Jesus would? So we made a decision a few years ago that we would love people like Jesus does and we would allow the Holy Spirit to do the work of conviction. As we heard this morning, because sin is very, very rife in the church even, isn't it? And we need conviction of sin, amen? We, we need to talk about judgment. We need to know about heaven and hell and all these things. So I've got to know this, Steph. And um, I was around Jodie and Mark's house, having a bit of a time with them. And um, Jodie's on the phone with her sister, Steph. They're having a bit of an argument. Jodie's saying, oh, you need, to, you need to sort your life out. Like, this is it's a mess. You know, like sisters do. And uh, not very pastoral, but, you know... And uh, so, so, so this is all going on, and I'm about to leave the house, and then Jody just like screams, Clyde! I was like, what? Please, talk to her. Chuck me the phone. And on the other end of the phone is Steph, and she is literally saying, I'm, I'm about to take my life. I'm going to kill myself. I can't live like this anymore. So I tried to talk to her, tried to kind of 
you know, calm her down and just speak pastorally to her, tell her she's loved, tell her all that stuff. And, uh, and she said, can you come round? And I'm like, not, not really. Like, you know, I'm a 34-year-old guy. You're like 28. I'm not going to come round your flat. It's not appropriate. But I will phone my wife and see if she'll come round. So I phoned my wife and we both went round together and sat in Steph's living room for about two hours. And we began to talk to her, listen to her, listen to all the pain in her heart and begin to understand what was going on. And you know what she said? She said, you do know I'm not a lesbian. I said, no, I've only ever known you say that you were. And she said, I'm not a lesbian. She said, I've just been hurt by so many men. She said, I can't cope anymore. And she broke down crying. And I said, there's one man who will never hurt you. And his name is Jesus. I said, you've heard about him so many times. I said, but he wants you to know that he will never, ever let you down. And he loved you enough not just to tell you he loves you, but to demonstrate it by coming to this earth and dying on a cross 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away. That's my line, I always use it. And he loved you enough to go through the humiliation And I said, you felt that, haven't you? And it was like, she was just locked in. It was just easy. You know, Mike talks about like low fruit. It was just like, oh my goodness, this is so easy. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit was leading the way. And that's what gospel proclamation is. Because we can all be there for people. You know, there's lots of people out there who are caring, isn't there? Caring's a wonderful thing. But I've even got non-Christian friends who are more caring than me. Seriously. I mean, they put me to shame with their care and love for people. But we're not called to just be caring. We're called to bring people to Christ. You're an agent of reconciliation. You have a call on your life to love people to the end. Absolutely, yes and amen. To love people with that agape love that is poured out in your heart through the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, yes and amen. But you're also called to bring people to the knowledge of Him who laid down his life for you. And often we complicate it so much. We don't just engage the gospel in the everyday. And that night Steph prayed. She asked the Lord to forgive her. And she's been engaging with church since. So what is most important? Gospel demonstration or gospel proclamation? Now, I've got something. Who wants ten pounds? (laughs) this is a good one this is (laughs) I like this because no one knows actually so like yeah yeah. no I actually came without my prop so you you actually gave me this so he's giving me this to give him back but I'm not going to give it to you is that okay but I want to give someone 10 pounds who can I give someone 10 pounds mate everyone else has just got their hands down they're not even interested they don't even want it okay you can have it but you can only have half of it Is that okay? Slightly worse. It's it's a real. It's not even, but it's not even a fiver, is it? Because there are on demand. You got half of it. And you know what the problem is? Sometimes we only do half. We gospel proclamation, or we go half of it and the problem is that often it's the bearer because 
have words without love, then you're one of them hypocrites. But if you have words, then people are going to look on what they did. Why did they do it? But they're never going to know the real reason why you did it. Simple illustration. My friend, come and have the other half. I'm going to give him his ten pound back yet, but I'm going to bless you with the ten pound just for being a great oh, sport. You've got to glue it together. <laughs> You're glad you came to this seminar now, right? <laughs> yeah. But can you see the point there, guys? It's an illustration, and it's flawed, but the point is, often what the church does, it falls on one side or the other. It often says, right, we'll proclamation. And it's all about teaching the gospel. But the other side of the coin, there's then people looking on and saying, yeah, you're preaching, all the people need feeding. What about we actually get do for them? What about the addicts? How are we going to bring them to wholeness? Over here, amen. So let's move on now to how essential is gospel proclamation, and these are my three main points for you today. People are living in darkness rather than light. If you've got a Bible, flick to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And um, really we see the first gospel proclamation in Genesis chapter 1. It's amazing. Hopefully it excites you as much as it excites me. Because the fact that this is at the start of the Bible tells me how important proclamation is to God. The fact that even in the first few words of the Bible, we see proclamation and we see his impact on the world is so exciting for me. Read with me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Darkness, deep waters, formlessness, empty. Any of those words tie up with any of the stories that I've Me in prison, Steph, a lesbian, professing lesbian in a mess, Mark and Joe, her banned from every pub. Do you think that's formless? Do you think it's void? Do you think it's empty? Do you think it's darkness? It is, isn't it? People out there are living in darkness. We know this. But look, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is so exciting. But actually, Jesus' Spirit is hovering over the people out there in our communities that don't yet know Him. And the Holy Spirit is waiting for something. We don't know how long the Holy Spirit was hovering, but we do know he was hovering. 
And we do know it was formless and void. And it was for long enough for it to be noted in the Bible. So there was obviously a period of time where this was happening before something else happened. God said, let there be light. I want you to know that when you proclaim the gospel, you are an agent of transformation and your words have power. Your words have power, not in and of yourself, you're a man, because really we're just humans, we're flawed. We're all weak, we all get it wrong. But our when we speak the Spirit, we begin to speak what He wants to speak, which is life and sin and and deliverance and freedom. I mean, does God want anyone to be? Him. So we do, but it and declares it over the people where the Holy Spirit is already hovering. That excites me because do you know when I'm at the gym in the morning? I know I, but I really. But when I'm at the gym, I'm in the jacuzzi, and there's a guy there, like the one for the tape, Virgin Jim, guy in the jacuzzi, it's just every day. Since you've been working out, see, you must find it difficult to work in the jacuzzi because not many people <coughs> and he was in the routine of coming he said I can't train at the minute because I've got this bad shoulder and do you know in that moment I actually knew that I should pray for his shoulder but I didn't but I didn't because of the fear of man so I was like God what if it happens like, what if this guy doesn't want to know? He's a big guy, like, he can probably take What I know he wants to do, which is save his soul. And hopefully heal him as well, along the way. And maybe he'd want to know God who healed him. What wonders to the one who does the wonder. And you know, in that, I missed it. But the truth is, in that jacuzzi, every other time, I made it work. I haven't, because I get scared all by sometimes. There's no super evangelist. There's just people who do great crusades that no one else can do it. Is the reason these guys is simply because they believe one thing. They believe that the Holy Spirit is already at work. And they simply declare what he's already doing. The earth was formless and void. There was a deep expanse, etc., etc., but God said, let there be light. God was giving us an example right there and then we need to start speaking over our communities. I say to our church all the time, I say, look guys, 
We've got a great building. We've got a great facility. We've got a soft play centre. We do so much to try and attract families and do all that. I say, but do you know what, guys? The truth is this is not big enough anyway. And even if we have all the money in Cumbran, the building that we could build would never be big enough for what God wants to do because God doesn't want anyone to be left as a sinner and unsaved. So whatever we do, there's no way of us doing what we really want to do in a building. Do you get what I'm saying? It's impossible. I mean, that building down there is wonderful, right? But put a thousand people in there, you're toppled. Like, you're going to be breaking fire regulations. Okay, great. Well, maybe you can get a thousand in. Get 40,000 in. How many people are there in Norwich? You can't do it. It's not about buildings made with hands. It's about God dwelling in the hearts of men and what God wants to do in community world is where we and to the city. I tell you, you can do it. Amazing. And you know what? When we have moments like this, we come together and we celebrate. And when we're in there and a gathered moment. Every moment. Every servant. Moments happen well if we scattered servants. World. He wants. The church testimony take the very that will overcome. you overcome by the word of your testimony. Revelation. Do you know what? The time boldly the blood covering of the blood of Jesus, but we need we need people that are coming and encouraging us because you know when I'm having a down day and I don't feel like preaching the gospel that day it always encourages me when someone else in the church says I've just led someone to Jesus at the school gate or I've been down there's a massive queue behind me and he was getting saved in the I can remember when I I remember hearing um and uh, I was like, oh my Lord, this is amazing. All of a sudden, I felt this disappointment. I was like, what's going on? And in that moment, I thought, why is it he gets to do all this stuff, but all we... This stuff. God gave me a revelation. We're always pulling in this great evangelist. No, there's any, nothing wrong with that. Listen, I love Reinhard Bonnke. I love Billy Graham. I love these great ministries. They're amazing. They equip the church. But it's time for the church to stop drafting in evangelists and it's time for the church to become evangelists. Do you get what I'm saying? Because we're drafting it in. It's wonderful and there's a great response. But then what happens? Everything goes back to normal. 
God wants to use you and me to proclaim this gospel. You see, the gospel is about getting the light of the gospel into people's lives. Listen to this verse. It's a little gem in 2 Timothy 1 verse 10. It says, And now he has made plain to us, made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. What a cracking verse. I mean, if, if I had one text for my life that's like hidden in the Word of God. I mean, how many of you can quote that verse? I don't know. Maybe some of you know that verse. Like when I read that the other day, I was like, what? How have I missed this verse? This verse is an absolute belter. And now he has made all of this plain to us. Declaration makes things plain. It makes things simple. Stop overcomplicating the gospel. Keep and study it all your life. It is so complicated, you'll never understand it. It's so simple. plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus came into our midst. The, the God-man became flesh and dwelt among us. The message could be made plain. When you and I go and boldly declare the gospel, it be- God becomes plain to people. They're left with no excuse. They're left with their questions in their head answered because he becomes real to them. God answers questions for us. I tell you, when God shows up, all of the questions that people say they have about God, they go out the window. Let me tell you this now, right? In our church, we had hardened atheists. I mean hardened atheists. The sort of people who go on blogs and they debate until the early hours of the morning. You know them people, right? And they were coming in our church and they were getting zapped by the power of God. I tell you, their questions were out the window because it had been made plain to them by a load of uneducated ex-drug addicts who probably couldn't run a church if it saved their life. With the greatest respect to myself. You get what I'm saying? It's only by God's grace that we can do this. And yes, we learn wisdom. Yes, I've done everything I can to get myself to be the best kind of person I can be for the cause it doesn't change the fact that 13 years ago I was writing in a prison cell and I cannot argue with an atheist because, to be quite honest, I just haven't got it to do it. But when he turns up, questions are answered. It goes out the window because the power of God comes upon people. We had a woman who came in and she had a cancerous growth on the side of her body here. Her husband was an atheist and he wouldn't come to the meeting with her said, can I go to church and get prayed for? And he wouldn't come because he was like, there's no way I'm setting foot in a church, a load of rubbish. So in the end, she went, um, there was an argument in the house. She came to the church and when she was prayed for, the power of God came on her. You know what happened. She got healed. She went home and told her atheist husband, look, there was a lump, it's gone and I'm healed. And he couldn't explain it. He came to church the next night and bowed the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what happens when the power of God gets involved. 
But I want to tell you, that didn't start because of anything special. I believe it started because we declared the gospel plainly and clearly and simply and effectively. Every single meeting we have a gospel appeal, without doubt. I say to our church, I don't really care if you get annoyed. I don't really care even if you go to another church because we never outgrow the gospel. And if you're waiting for something more complicated than gospel, go somewhere else. Be blessed. I'll see you in heaven because I'm running a battleship here and we're trying to reach the souls of men and women. Can you see what I'm saying? But, but it's a... understood the gospel, people be queuing up to pray with them to get saved if we really grasp this message called the gospel. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and what happened? 3,000 men and women. I mean, they must have had a lot of salvation counsellors considering there was only a few of them in the upper room. You ever thought about that? They weren't even equipped. I tell you, when God begins to move, we're not equipped. We are not. You, listen, you, I tell you, the, the vision that Mike Betts presented last night, you guys, we're, no one is ready for it. And it's going to get messy. But you know what makes the best church? We've got teenagers in our church now. They serve their, you know, avoid the church. They're fantastic. They came in when our church was so messy. I mean, it was all the wrong way around. We had the stage the wrong way around. I, I mean, I know some of you came up. The stage was over there, but the pulpit was there. The lights there didn't work, and the lights there did, because we were moving the building around, and then God decides to pour out his Holy Spirit. People what we've simply believed of the gospel so the spirit of God wherever we are secondly gospel proclamation because we don't hear without a preacher you knew I was going to share that. firstly it was gospel proclamation is essential because people are living in darkness rather than light but now essential because people without a preacher but you heard you were in prison a preacher yeah absolutely and now they have visions but you know what I is I actually believe that that's a wonderful testimony but it's do it with us but that is He desired that he would be alone. There's something in the heart of God that doesn't alone on this thing. God doesn't want to be alone. He wants to hold your hand in this mission. He wants to be with us in this mission. to a land Hopefully. are you okay is it good yeah. it's okay okay in Romans 10 verse 5 to 15 it says this Moses writes that is perfect 
ways into heaven to bring you. It is in your mouth and heart. So the word is in your mouth, but it's in your heart. It's in your mouth, but it's in your heart. It's really key that the word is in our mouth and in our heart. I hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him, but his word is in my mouth because we are still sinning against his forgiveness. Look. Um, that is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. See that? The message concerning faith that we proclaim. What do we do at baptism? We, we were talking about baptism. We get people to say, Lord Jesus Powerful about proclaiming. Raised him from the dead. Your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to. Difference between Lord of all, who richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of Important. I'm, of course, you. Now, one hour on a Sunday morning, and it even reached the whole of Cumbran. TV anyway. I know I move around a bit. That's what it means of people news. We grab a hole and we move out of the church, out of temples made with with hands and great buildings like this, they have their uses and we begin to carry the kingdom of God to a lost and dying world because there are too many steps out there. There are too many people out there who are cutting themselves, who are addicted, hurting, who can't pay the bills, who they've got no there, folks. You and I have to make a difference.
Our life is described like a vapor. It's just like when you put the kettle on. You get the steam coming out and then it stops. The water's still hot. It's what life's like. It's like a flower that fades. It's like grass that's cut. We get a moment in history. And I tell you, I don't want thoughts of heaven up there. An hour bit of time and say, My Lord, what happened to the church there? I want them to look down and say, Man, they have killed it. I wish I lived in 2016. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul looking down and thinking, Yeah? the word of God says and lost and dying world and dare to believe that all seminars in the world are wonderful and listen I'm doing one now that's wonderful it's fantastic when are we going to move from seminar to action when are we going to move from and learning about evangelism to actually doing some evangelism if I could say Because his gospel never, ever had anyone oppose my for the gospel. And some of you are sitting there, even what about what's my testimony? I never had drug history, and it wasn't very colourful. Your testimony is amazing. Your testimony is that you were blind and then you saw. Your testimony but now you're alive. Without him you're hopeless, but you've got hope. Your testimony is that you are bound, but now you that one day you that you are going to end up in eternity lost and away from God. But you have an assurance that one day welcome you with open arms. Your testimony in your heart every day and you have an assurance is for you and not against you. He is passionately in love with you and that you're going to go and leave legacies. That's your testimony. Don't tell me you've got a testimony. In fact, I want like yours. Testimony. you got to If anyone wants to know, so I can send them you because there's kind of a lot more, but... Um, let me just tell you this story. It's incredible. He's 27. A little boy called Leighton. Just a beautiful kid. Catholic church. And um, hadn't been in church for so many Our churches, it's near a community farm. So they were driving not every, every couple of weeks, went past our church to get to the farm because his kid liked the animals. Okay? So, um, so they're going up there. This particular day, it was raining. The little boy, he doesn't care about a bit of rain, he just wants to see animals. But his dad was like,
And um, is that in here? Because we we just open our doors and we hope for the best. No, we we have a strategy. <laughs> we have a plan, but we open. We, we want to be. Okay, we want to be ready, be ready in and out of season, amen? So this, out of his car, this is on a Wednesday, probably a Wednesday or Tuesday morning. He doesn't even get out of the car before one of our interns welcoming him. She walks over, she says, I see He's like, two years ago. She was classed as one of the worst kids in her school. They were going to church, and she came to that point of decision, and she made a decision for Jesus, and she ended up leading loads of her friends to Christ. And the school teacher phoned up what's happening at the doing it because everything's going really well at school now. At the church, she works on the kind of coffee shop and posts and stuff. She's to talk to this so he's like yeah I'll walking around and walking around oh boy his name's Le- and what she And he says, oh. Simple. He's like, what do you mean? And I've never even heard that. Church is a building. So they have Around the building, down, and we've got something called the Ark Kids Soft Play Center. Yeah? What's in the Ark? Animals. And Leighton wanted to see the animals. I mean, this is so. It's just so. See the animals. So another came and said, into the Ark. got a clue about gospel life. First soul to Christ. Praying for him. Do you know why? It's simply just responding.
because when proclaimed, Good news. Jesus, go and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons new languages, they will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't be healed. Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven, sat down in the place of honour at God's right hand. So Jesus had finished his innings. Father sent me, now I send you, I think it's John 20, 21 is it? me, now I am sending you. went everywhere and preached. It doesn't say they found a building in the centre of town, booked a community hall, set the microphone and PA up, and said, let's have a meeting. No, it says they went everywhere and preached. And them confirmed what they said. Confirming what they said. I know I'm teaching you to suck eggs and stuff, but simplest stuff that we because we're overcomplicating it. What said, we will preach to everyone everywhere. So that means sometimes we're going to get rejected, sometimes it's going to be accepted, and that's okay because he's with us anyway, and the Holy Spirit is already hovering over that person. And maybe they're not ready to come to the fullness of that decision yet. But every single person everywhere needs to hear this gospel. But then the Lord is you confirming that I think it's too easy get a bit more difficult people. Because people like things don't they? Ever tried to make up an Ikea wardrobe? So impossibly difficult? People like complex things, they like to solve problems. The best thing about being on mission with God is you haven't got problems, you've got to simply do what He's calling you to do and be an ambassador for Him. It's His message, not ours. We don't tamper with the message, we don't change the message, we don't water the message down. We in the message, we understand the message and we proclaim it to other people. We're simply a vessel, simply a channel. There are no gospel heroes, there are just forgiven people. I don't believe we're going to get up into heaven and God's going to look at you and say, Oh, you've saved a million. He's going to look at me and say, Oh, you've saved ten. And he's do what I wanted you to do. Because it's not a competition. I pray and hope that you go and win so many more souls than me because it's going to make it quicker anyway. <laughs> Amen? 
Listen to what Acts 4.20 says. It says, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen in her. This is where I want to bring it around. I know I said that a while ago, time, and we had time left, so okay. But listen, the church grasped the gospel and they fell in love with Jesus. They passionately loved him. They were consumed with the gospel. I mean, have you ever read Romans? theological treatises ever. I call it, the, I'm preaching through it at the minute in our church. We're on chapter 9. It's taken us a year and a half so far. But it's the greatest ever written without a doubt in my mind. It is incredible. I mean, the depth of knowledge that Paul had about the gospel. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, layers to the gospel. I mean, it's so complicated, we will never fathom it. Yet it's so simple, a child can understand it. It's so simple that a four-year-old can accept Jesus and get filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's happened many times with us and with you, I'm sure. How is it that something so complex can be so simple? It's because you were never meant to move away from the gospel. The gospel isn't just for new Christians the gospel is for every single moment of your life. The book to you, it'd be this, The Explicit Chandler. It's a great book. Matt Chandler, The Explicit Gospel. And then this one's good as well. This is Wayne Cordy, Irresistible Church. Great bit about becoming um, a church for unchurched people and being, you know... moving. Tough. We are more than conquerors who called us according But in the moment where everything was against them, they said, as for us, we cannot help speaking. Can you see that? How many times the Word of God tells us, speaking, they did this, they, they spoke this, they proclaimed it. Paul said, I proclaimed it. For Paul, it was the... Gospel should be a thing of the past. Gospel service, every gospel service. And they say, Come, will you come and do the gospel service? I say, Every service is a gospel service. And this is not a lie. We had an, an Anglican bishop come to our church two years ago. He gave his life to Jesus. He emailed me the next day. He said, Last night I got born again. Every service is a gospel service, folks, because there are even people in our midst, often, who they think they are Christians. But let me ask you a question. Have they really been born again? You see, you've got to know that you know that you know that you've been born again. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Came to that point. And Jesus explained born again. It's so miraculous that it was almost as if he could get back into his mind. 
the other day and I thought that would be really difficult. I'm six foot two. But that's what he's trying to say. He's trying to say this one again is like miraculous, guys. You carry something that is miraculous. You carry something that is world shaking, that is impossible to the naked eye. That's why you cannot rely on the naked eye. We don't walk by faith. We don't walk by faith, right? The Holy Spirit is hovering in those situations. Let me give you one more story. Is that okay? Sorry, go. I won't give you the Lucy. Girl came in. She and uh, she had been a prostitute and a drug addict. And she was from um, the Midlands, came to South Wales, visited the church. And um, she, was, she was in the meeting, and uh, she, she was kind of just listening, and like a lot of people do, just kind of on the sidelines, just got there, kind of taking it all in, a lot of pain in her life, a lot of pain in her heart. And we came to the end of the meeting, gave the call for salvation, didn't respond. You know, there's lots of people there, so we didn't probably even know that at the time. And um, then we began to say, we're just going to pray that the Holy Spirit will come and just fill this place. So we just said, Holy Spirit, would you just come right now and would you just do what only you can do and just fill hearts, transform lives, do your stuff, it's over to you. And he did. And this girl, about 10 minutes later, the worship was going on, and a few of our youth, 16, 17 years old, were in the toilets, Right? This is what I mean by it's just crazy. From the cubicle. This girl banging on the walls of the cubicle. And she notes I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And It's all in the moment to trust that God works. Whether it's in the toilet or whether it's a year later, it doesn't matter. We do our bit. We proclaim the gospel. There's so much more I could say. But let me just say this. We've really got to fall in love with the gospel again. Fall in love with the elements, the layers and the depth of this great message that we carry and this great saviour who we want. From of your life, new song arise, boldness and strength, wear his armour and live to prioritise his from the gospel. They see it as a message for the evil service. But every moment of every day, you and I are the center of a gospel service. It's called life. And you have a microphone. Your life, you have a loudspeaker. Actions are coming out of the loudspeaker every day. And every day, 
even if you've not got a microphone like this in your hand, you have a and I, I like to call it a microphone, where, for a watching world and a listening world to hear this good Jesus Christ who loved enough to die on a cross. The gospel is like water. Invented it, but every man needs it. The gospel is water. No man in but every woman, boy, and girl needs it. If you, and I know this is a clear right now, you would not probably sell it to a pharmaceutical company, make a lot of money, and hopefully give it to your church to go and. But you wouldn't. You know, up. Gospel, I don't. I can't shut up. I cannot stop doing what I'm called to do because there is a lost and dying world out there and everyone needs water. And I want to, I'd love to pray for you because every needs this gospel and you are a carrier of. Necessarily evangelist, you're, you're called to be a witness. First call up is to be a witness. Hopefully, and people along the way, witnesses. Let's stand to our feet. Trust you've enjoyed. Kind of doubted about us. Okay, I think. I don't know about you, but I sense God. He just wants to do some stuff. I love how he fills people. Don't you? Do you remember the first time you were filled with the Holy Spirit? Remember what it was like? Never been. Now's the time. I tell you, I can remember when he first came into my life. The joy and the radiance. And every day I say, Lord, would you give me that joy and radiance? First knew you. Never let it go stale. Let's close our eyes for a minute. Father, I want to thank you for these beautiful people. Thank you for us on their lives. I want to thank you for their church. Thank you for their ministries. I want to thank you for their husbands and wives. Lord, I want to thank you for their kids. To leave right now, you can do in this moment is bigger than we can imagine. I'm daring to believe, Holy Spirit, right now that you can deposit something, that you can take away any of the flesh, any of my words, just remove it. Lord, we don't need it. We need what you need. And hope, Lord, is in line to say, because I pray and I ask you to pray that you. And that you will strengthen and something miraculous. You will do something breathtaking. You will lead us into normal Christianity as the world wants it to be. Do something so astonishing that you will actually call us to live normal Christianity in our daily lives. We're not asking for something extraordinary. We want the normal. 
Christianity. We want biblical witnessing to be part of our lives. Lord, we're believing you for fruit. And I'm praying right now, Holy Spirit, that you will multiply the fruit in the days ahead. Lord, that you will show us the fruit. That you will show us the easy ways every single day of simply going about our lives and declaring the good news of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Um, thank you. Helped you. I didn't get to the last part, but that's okay. If anyone wants notes, I'm happy to email them to you. Share your story. Sure, they're, um, his name's Matt Chandler. But that one, that one in particular is the gospel, just probably the best book I've in the gospel, yeah, it's very... A little expression which you said you use all the time. There's a man who came 2,000 years ago, was it? 2,000 years ago, 2,000 And then you Like, if they've heard... So if you've preached a sermon yeah. and they've heard so it, let's see yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. You, you would then just say something very simple like that. It's my years ago, two thousand miles. But that initial thing, you've got to be receptive. Sometimes that I won't go in because we've got to be. We don't want decisions. We want decisions, don't we? Yeah. Um, and I often look for the visible signs as well. Often the eyes. Okay. We just yeah. go around yeah. Beckles talking to people. I mean, mm. we're not church leaders, yeah. you know. We're just going yeah. taking yeah. care of Hey, that's brilliant. Hey, man. Hey, man. Thank you, man. Bless you. Hi. Right. Yeah, sure. Do you want me to you? Yeah. Um. Oh, good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoyed. Let me see. If Let me um. 
Brilliant. Um, I might not have... Um, do you want to put, put your email on there? Um, and then... Wait. If anyone puts their email on there that wants it, and then I can email them all. Hi, all right? Hi. Um, yeah, Clyde, um, so this is Edik and Liana. They're from, Hi. from East Ukraine. Edik, Liana. And, uh, right. they're, um, they're, they were in East Ukraine, but because of the conflict, they went to West Ukraine. Yeah. Um, they've planted a church in the, the little town where they've moved to, but they've got a vision to plant another church in yeah. the town nearby, wow. and then also in Kiev. Wow. And they were just like really moved by your message, and they, they would just love you to just pray for them because yeah, they no, of course, in invitation yes. and of they course, just yeah, receive from them. Yeah, 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 Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, Jesus, Father. Right now, I want to thank you for this couple, I want to thank you, Lord, for the call and the destiny and the apostolic and pioneering hearts that they carry. And right now, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray, Lord, that you would begin to move. Lord, that you would do a new thing in their lives. Holy Spirit, that you would flow from the top of their heads to the sole of their foots in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would just move through them. New ways, new ways, new ways. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, would you manifest your glory through them? Oh Lord, raise them up, raise them up, raise them up Lord, raise them up. Thank you for the apostolic call that's on their lives. There's an apostolic call on your lives and I believe that this church is going to be the first of many. I'm just going to, just going to believe right now Lord that you are going to do something absolutely amazing with this couple. Hallelujah. I just see you, um, sorry what's your name? Liana. 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 I, I just see you as a bit of a modern day Mary. You have a, a, a beautiful spirit about you. And as we heard last night, you carry the fragrance. And I just feel that there's a, a great partnership. You're going to break ground. But then... But the fragrance is going to follow. Yeah. yeah, and and as the fragrance follows, people are going to be drawn to your mission, and they're going to follow you breaking more ground. And God is going to bring people around you. He's going to draw the right people of strength and valor to co-labor with you and with Christ. Okay? Okay. Bless you. Bless you. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, lovely to see you. Thank you. Thank hey, bless you. So you. Hi, man. Hi, you're great. Hi, Thank Perry. you. Hi, Perry. Um, four years ago, I yeah. gave my life to Christ. Uh, still struggle with drugs. Three years ago, I come to Victory Church. Yeah. And when you prayed, and I'll never forget, you said about um, when you was in the prison cell and your arm was never too uh, Yeah, short. Sure, kind of same. Yeah. That was the first time I was filled with spirit. Now I'm going to join in. Wow. Yeah, and I've like last four or five months. Probably real bad depression about suicide or anything like that. And today was the first day when you prayed 
It's great. Bless you, man. That's awesome. Is this is this your partner? No, 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 no. no. Friend. Yeah. Oh, hi, yeah. hi. Nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've been down to Big. That's amazing. Was that yeah. on the night when um, does the oil? But then he turned up right at the last minute. Yeah, was, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey. Uh, the Vine Church. I don't know oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Wow. No way. Oh, man, that's so, so exciting. Yeah. Oh, fair play. It's a blessing to That's me, good. So hey, really thanks, man. Yeah. Shutting. Yeah. I can well, see that. Yeah. You were sitting there. Yeah. 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 No, great. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Man. Hey, listen, it's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, let me pray so for you. Much. Let me pray for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just feel God's going to raise, going to stir that opinion, mm. and and uh, actually the experiences you've gone through are going to be a catalyst mm. for that church planting, oh, and that maybe you might be moving into a new season. I don't know. I don't know where you're at, but yeah. just take that as what it is. But yeah. you know, maybe yeah, God wants to break some more ground yeah. with you and with you as a couple. Mm. Um, and you know, you said you do Alpha, so you've also yeah. got a passion for reaching people. Mm. And, and that's the driver for church planting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's the driver. The lost yeah. people out there. So Lord, I just pray. You mentioned depression as well. Did you mention? Yeah. yeah. yeah? yeah. Let me pray for you about depression, Father. You are a God who can.
Bless you, man. Lovely to meet you. Keep yes. in touch. Thank yeah, Twitter and Facebook and yeah, stuff. Yeah. You find me. You find it. Yeah, I'll follow you back. Yeah. yeah hey, brilliant. look. Do you want some prayer? Um. No, you don't have to. I'm not. I'm not going to like <laughs> tie you down and. No, that's <laughs> no, cool. I was just. Gonna... No, no. Where, 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 where do you go? Which cornerstone? Yeah. Lobby. No, 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 yeah. Yeah, cool, um, man. Tonight, well, all, all yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be back there now in a minute. So, so yeah, in the okay, centre. So, so. Um, what I'll do, I'll, I'll grab hopefully it was okay. No, yeah. Over the place. Good. Bless you. I'll grab your number. Yeah. Um, Have you read that book? Yeah, it's awesome. Fantastic book. I, I just read it yeah, Perry, great to see you. Do you want, do you want, you know. Just find me. I'll find you later. I'll come searching. I just feel that, I just feel I should pray for you, but I'll pray for you later. Hey, yeah, I'm going to walk, I'll walk back with you, mum. Oh, are well, you nice? Yeah, well, I've got to find... Oh, I hope this is recorded. Yeah, it's mine. It's a good job you said that. Then. Someone would have, someone would have been blessed with it. It's actually a new one as well. Here you go. Oh yes. I actually replaced my old one three days ago. So that's almost my new one. Please stop that. Cool. Oh, all your conversation, and your prayers are on there. So they'll be able to get rid of that. <laughs> oh, is it still recording? It's still recording. You're, you're on there now as well. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Now it's paused. Oh, from France originally. France, yeah. Oh, no, it's been put on hold, that's why, so it can't uh, be knocked off. South Africa.